Here we are, episode two, like Star Wars, man. Episode two, Attack of the Quotes. I love these things. So let's build on last week's podcast. Let's build on it. And I want to hit you with some more stuff, okay? Okay, do I need to limber up so first? So maybe a little music that could you know, put you in a little dream state, okay? Like Wayne's World? So, so here's, what I, here's what I want you to understand. Let's go. You were born with all the ingredients and everything you need to have the most amazing, abundant life. And so was I. We were blessed to have all the ingredients built into us. So I'm going to give you an analogy. Have you ever seen a beautiful oak tree? I have. Went to Royal Oak Middle School. Yes. Okay. That oak tree came from an acorn. Mm -hmm. Now, the acorn possesses everything within it to make that majestic, beautiful oak tree. But what does the acorn need in order to blossom and eventually grow into that oak tree? It has to be planted in the right environment. So it has to be planted in the ground. It in the ground. The right ground. The, the right, right environment. The right soil. Yep. The right soil mix. It has to have enough like sunlight, water, soil nutrients. Now, what would happen if it didn't have the right soil nutrients? What would happen to the acorn? It would not grow. It would not grow. If it didn't have the right sunlight, what would happen to the acorn? Same, same result. Same result, right? So think about us, Right. Maybe we grew up in and we had the right environment. So we had loving parents that gave us the food and nutrition that we needed, right? We made sure we had the love and support. So we had all those things. But maybe we had things that happened in our life, in our childhood. Maybe we had a traumatic teacher that made us embarrassed when we put our hand up in class. And all of a sudden, that is something that we've held on to. So now we no longer want to have a voice. We always want to just be quiet. And we don't do the right things. And all of a sudden, that beautiful acorn is no longer getting the right nutrients and the right things to grow. And, it, and our oak tree becomes, you know, it's got some damaged limbs. It maybe doesn't become quite the oak tree that it could be. Think about your life. Think about what you're consuming information-wise. Think about the support system around you. Think about the things that you may be holding onto in your life that are from your past that are now dictating your future. Right, I man, I'll, I'll share a story. I remember a bully in high school. I remember a bully in high school who, um, because I was speaking up in class, mm -hmm. right? I was a bit of a smartass. He decided to pick on me. He decided to bully me. What did he do? He made me lose my voice for a long period of time. There was a couple years there where I didn't speak up. Hmm. I just was like always like afraid to speak up and say anything. That affected me, and it took years for me to rebuild my self confidence. Right. But I had to come to a conclusion in my life where I was like, I am not that person anymore. That event happened, but now I'm no longer choosing to allow myself to have no voice. Yeah, it's interesting. I think events uh, events shape you. They should never define you. That, that should be a quote right there. Maybe it is, but I don't think it is. I'm actually going to coin that one, right? But I think so many people let those things define them. So they set on this path, like again, if I could use you as, as an example, you got sort of bullied in the beginning, you, you lost your voice, but so many people would just get so overcome with that that they'd never sort of find their bearings. Right. So I love that you're able to overcome that and choose to let that, you know, shape you as a human being and you learn from it and you grew from it, but it didn't define you as a person later on in life. Right. You have any events that you, you look back on your childhood and you're like, huh, maybe that still impacts me a little bit today. There's got to be something. Yeah, lots, man. Lots. Uh, I, I don't even know where... I don't even, uh, how about I don't, your golf story with I don't, your dad? Oh, man, golf. Um, 
I, I think that there's another one that I think is the most impactful that, that shaped me as a, as a human being. And man, you want an insight into what makes me fucking tick? I'll tell you. So I moved from Nanaimo, or from Victoria, my hometown, to Nanaimo in, uh, I was 14. Now, I couldn't even spell Nanaimo. I had no friends here. I had nothing. I had nothing, man. I moved to Nanaimo the night before school started. And I was living in a basement, my uncle's basement with my dad because we didn't have a home. My mom was selling our home in Victoria. It was this insane transition period. And I remember going from being like the popular guy, being like knew everybody, everybody's buddy. Like I was involved in sports, uh, like the band, like band. Like I did the whole thing, right? And uh, I remember my very first day of school. And again, I'm not going to mention any names, but I remember going into my homeroom class. It was all alphabetical. And the teacher being like, oh, you're the new guy. Well, you know, welcome to the school. Somebody's going to show you around your locker. And she designated this one guy. I'm not going to say his last name. His name was Jeff. So Jeff, you know, all right, man, I'll show you where your locker is. Help me open it, all that kind of stuff. Super nice guy. That was day one. Now, day two of grade nine is when you've got like, you know, again, like it's your first full day. You got a full lunch hour. You're not just there for like two hours kind of thing. So I was so scared of being in this new school and just being like totally dwarfed. Like I, I didn't know, I literally did not know one person except this guy, Jeff. So lunchtime rolls around and I go looking for this one guy that showed me just the one sliver of kindness that day. And I found him with about 10 other guys in the lunchroom. So of course I got my brown bag lunch that my dad packed me and I walk over and I sit down. I'm like, hey guys, you know, how was the first day? And this guy, Jeff, looks at me and he goes, I think there, there might've been a bit of a miscommunication here. And I was like... Yeah, what's up, man? He goes, you seem to think that we were friends. And everybody just shut up and looked at me. And I grabbed my bag lunch and I walked outside the school and I kept walking. I walked around the school and I found a spot. And I can, even to this day, I can tell you every rock that is there. I can tell you every tree. I can tell you every address of every house around this spot. I found the most secluded spot in the whole school outside. And I sat there in the rain, the sun, the snow, the hail, the heat, everywhere for four months, four months, completely shut away from the world because I had nobody. I went from having everything to having nothing. And that defined me for about three years of my high school existence. Nothing with nobody being ostracized. I was never bullied, but I was just. So that one experience, that one experience, you allowed that to carry over. And now you yeah, like years, years. Wow. And you know, I'll, I'll even challenge you to say that as an adult, that may have some impact. Cause one thing I've noticed with you, if you don't mm -hmm. mind me sharing, cause I Please. know you really well is you love being in environments where you know everybody and, mm -hmm. and you're popular. But when I take Joe to events where I need him to like be around people that he doesn't know, that little boy comes back out. That's a possibility. That little boy comes back out. And, and it's, um, it's still impacting you today, which uh, impacts our ability to network together because you keep yourself out of events. And I'm like, Joe, like, dude, I need you to come with me. Like, cause you're so, you're so good at working a room, but that little boy is still impacting you today as a man. And so what I'm going to challenge you to do today is to reprogram that story, reprogram that and start thinking of it this way. Well, the, and the funny thing is, right? Like, I, I think you're, 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 I'm taking that story and, and oh, adding, but I sure, do think sure. that there's a little bit of, a little 100%. bit. Of, I think you also throw in like a midlife closed head injury 
I think that also impacted me. I truly do. And you've even told me like, wow, Joe, like you're not who you were. So I remember but the very first time you and I ever traveled together. Do you remember where it was? Um, where did we go? Very first time. Very first time. Very first time you and I got in a car, traveled somewhere. Um, was there a roadshow, wasn't it? No. Was it before a roadshow? Was it? 2019. We went to a social media camp in Victoria. In Victoria. Yeah. You stopped by, picked me up. We went there. Our company didn't have a name. We had, we had like, it was like a day one type thing. You and I kind of had an idea of what we thought we wanted to do. And you were speaking at an, at an event. You were one of the speakers and, um, there was like a green room where the speakers could go. And I remember you and I kind of hanging out back there and you're like, all right, Joe, let's see what you got. And I was like, with what? You're like, go network, figure it out. And man, I had a great time. And we had like three or four Zoom calls with people who I had like talked to and prospected. So, hey, I haven't always like, I, I, I did manage to overcome it to an extent, but I honestly think concussion brought me back. Hmm. And now I'm almost like having to redeal with parts of that all over again. Right. Like I'm more introverted than I think I've ever been right now <clears throat> so again i'm gonna just challenge you hey, challenge to away. think back to some of those things that you might still be holding on to now and you know maybe reprogram how you move forwards because you're not that child anymore and you know people wouldn't behave in that way and you have so many people that love you and you're such a leader and you're you know what i mean so mm -hmm. just some food for thought but i've noticed it i've noticed that me getting you outside of an environment that you don't have full control over knowing all the variables is almost impossible nowadays, and which is sad because you're one of my favorite people to hang out with. And I feel like we don't get to experience something that we're both really, really good at. People like love spending time with us when we, they get to know us and we, we really feed off each other. And I miss, I miss you, man. You're like, dude, you're like a brother to me. You're beyond a, a oh, close yeah. friend. You're like a brother. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to go and, and make some new meaningful connections with people. And so, just know that you always have a safe place at the table because I'll be right there with you and there, that would never happen again. So well, anyways. You can look for us in beautiful Penticton, British Columbia in about a month. Yeah, but like hopefully you can look at that differently and, yeah. and, and you know, come at hey, it with perspective, a man. perspective. The, so value of, the value of perspective in context. Now here's something I want people to think about too, okay? So we meet a lot of people that are like, oh, I feel like I'm bothering people when I prospect. Remember, mm. when you create a story <laughs> in your mind, you believe it. Yeah. So here's what oh, I'm going to challenge this. you to do. Reprogram that thought. When I reach out to people that I haven't spoken to yet, nobody's going to look after them better than I will. Mm -hmm. I am genuinely going to connect with people on a level today where I can become helpful by seeking to really understand their pain points and their motivation so that I can help guide them. When you approach prospecting from a place of like, I'm going to serve you and help you better than anybody else, it changes your thought process. It changes the way you interact with people. Mm -hmm. But if you stay in that mindset that you're bothering people and make those calls, well, guess what? You're not going to make them. And if you do, you might make a couple and then you're going to give up. And you're, what you're going to do is as soon as you have one bad call, you're going to say, see, see, I'm bothering people and you're going to prove yourself right every single time. But it's, it's the story that you've built in your head. Our brain is so powerful that it will continually manifest for us exactly what our thoughts are. So if you change your, your thought process before you prospect, you will change the outcome. Because now when you get a rejection, you're going to be like, okay, I'm a step closer to somebody I can help. Because one thing that I'll tell you, and this is a law of the universe, success and failure go hand in hand. So 
the two go together. You cannot have success without failures along the way. Mm-hmm. Every single person in the universe that has achieved any level of success has had failures to get there. Every single person. It's a law of the universe. So now, instead of approaching like, oh, see, I, I, you know, I bothered somebody, see, like I'm bothering people. No, I'm one step closer to somebody that I can genuinely help. And it's a mindset thing, but this is going to carry you forward. See, you can't become successful unless you believe that you're worthy of success and that you already start behaving and acting and thinking like somebody who's successful. Law of the universe. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? You know, that's an interesting one. I talk a lot about that self-fulfilling prophecy. Like one of my favorite things to hear as we're, as we're coaching students, like literally all around the world, one of my favorite things to hear are these leads are shit. Oh man, I love that. I love that these leads are shit. Well, if you sit there and think, well, my leads are shit. His are better. Hers are better. Mine are shit. Jay, what, what happens? It's a, you're going to approach and they're going to be horrible. Because as soon as you have one shit, as soon as you have a, one or two bad calls, see, you're going to say, you. see, they're horrible. Yeah. Right? Told you. Whereas I'm calling the exact same list and I'm like, oh my God, there's so much abundant opportunity here. I remember, so this is a true story. In my first 45 days as an agent, uh, there was this this agent in my office at Remax. Um, Karen's her name. She had a website. Of course it is. She had a website that she invested. That was her name. Uh, she had a website that she invested in, and for 13 months was spending money generating leads, and had only closed one sale from the website. Why? Because she had the mindset like, "Oh, these are garbage," and she wasn't putting any energy and focus into it. I took those leads, and in 45 days, I made seventy six thousand dollars in gross commission income. Because I approach those leads with a mindset that these are gold. These are opportunities. These people don't know me yet, but when they meet me and they talk to me, they're going to realize that I'm genuine in helping them. I'm going to ask such good questions that I'm going to uncover so many hidden needs that I'm going to make a massive impact. Nobody's going to follow up with more value and more persistently than I will. That was my mindset. $76,000 turned into $150 plus within a couple of years because I got referrals and repeat business and stuff like that, right? And it's probably grown exponentially since that. But I approached the exact same leads and these were all cold leads at this point because mm-hmm. she'd stop investing. These were just leads sitting in her database for the last 13 months. And it was incredible the dif- difference in results. And it all starts with mindset, guys. The, the whole, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, is true. So the reason I'm spending time on this is because, Joe, in order for us to get people to make change in their life, they have to change their thoughts and their programming, right? If you don't change those things, you won't see significant changes in your life. You're gonna just keep repeating the same pattern. You're gonna live Groundhog Day over and over mm-hmm. and over. My, um, my ex-wife, Okay, we've worked really hard to have a good relationship, but we'd see the world very differently. She has a limiting belief on some things. One of her limiting beliefs is that, you know, um, because she focused on her career as a mom, she's this is why she's not successful. Well, that's not that's not really a fair programming, is it? Right? She is successful. She's an incredible mother, right? I gotta say, she's an incredible mom. I really respect her a lot. But like this is a story that has played out for her, and she's a single mom and she's, you know well, she's not struggling because I pay my fair child support and you know, I'm not a, a douche. But at the end of the day, though, she complains about not having the abundance that she has, but yet she has this limiting belief and story that she's been playing out over and over. And she, if she changed that and thought, you know what, I'm going to use my nurturing instincts because she's a very big nurturer, my caring approach, and I'm going to be abundantly successful. If she changed her programming and then aligned her actions with that thought process, 
she would be abundantly more successful in her life. But because she's bought into this story that, oh, I'm a woman, I'm a, I was a stay-at-home mom, I didn't want to sacrifice my kids, where well, our kids are getting older and they don't need her as much. Mm-hmm. Now she's got an identity crisis. She's like, I don't know what to do with myself. Well, change your thoughts and you can change your life. But coming from me, the ex-husband, she doesn't take the feedback very well. I so, care about her. So Paige, Sorry, Brooke. So Paige is going to call her. Yeah, Paige is going to call her. But um, but I see so much brilliance and greatness with her. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because she believes the story and the thoughts and the limitations and she buys into that, um, she's not realizing her full potential. Um, but she is an incredible mother and I'll give her that and I'll never take it away from her. All right. I wanted to give you a real life example, but I see it. It's so glaring to me. One of the reasons why we're not together is like she never embraced my ambition. She, for some reason, because of how she was brought up, that she thought that that meant that I had to sacrifice family. And it's like, well, no, like the the two don't necessarily have to go hand in hand. But anyways, it's interesting. Values need to line up. If you're going to find a life partner, find somebody that you can align with that, that can support you in your dreams and your ambitions. Because I'll tell you, I see, and Joe, you've seen this in your lifetime. How many guys do you know that stop chasing their dreams because somebody else or how many women have you seen not chase their dreams because somebody else told them that they shouldn't sad. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Okay. So here's a, here's a, an interesting one. Adversity visits everyone. Just don't let it move on, move in with you. So there you go. <laughs> Adversity visits everyone. I got to read my own notes here. Just don't let it move in with you. What do you think when you hear that? It comes and it goes, man. Don't dwell there. Same thing we talked about, right? Like don't, not letting something define you as a person, right? Adversity can define you. Some people just can never rise above that level of adversity. They stay within it. Right. They cannot elevate themselves or they're not around people that help sort of push them out of that kind of like, I guess for lack of a better term, like that danger zone. Right. You get stuck. There is no growth. It's almost like your comfort zone. When you are stuck in adversity and you can't find your way out, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. It truly is. So so here's the thing. When adversity strikes for most people, mm-hmm. right, they're going to go back to sort of their baseline of where they were at before the adversity happened. Over time, they're going to go back to their baseline. However, there's two extreme reactions that can happen from an adversity. There's the PTSD, the post-traumatic stress disorder that can happen from an adversity, right? That's somebody that's like really negatively impacted by that adversity. Mm-hmm. Or there's something called post-traumatic growth that can happen from the adversity. And I really resonated with this when I heard this the other day because I was like, that's me. I was like, I never had a label or anything that I could identify that with, but I was like, uh, that made sense. Because when I was rock bottom financially, minus $80,000 in the hole, not knowing how I was going to pay my bills, third kid on the way, looking at like, do I have to go bankrupt? Do I have to do all these horrible things? I was had such bad anxiety that was a catalyst for me redefining my life. I made a decision that day in that moment that I was not going to take the easy way out. I never defaulted on a payment. I created a plan and I built a, a life that was going to be way better than the one I had. I no longer played it safe because I was like, well, here I am. I'm at rock bottom and I'm not starving. So at least I had my faculties and I told myself I was no longer ever going to be that person where another human would have a thumb on me. And I envisioned my life. I wrote out some checks in my in my house. I wrote down some goals and I literally thought of myself into the future of what my life would be. And I manifested. I told people close to me what I was going to do. And then what did I do? I had the actions congruent with somebody who was successful. I started taking massive action. And I started doing the work. But I had the belief that I was destined for more. 
and I was not going to be broken. And that's called post-traumatic growth where you can take an adversity and you can use that to channel into the future and to actually create a better circumstance for yourself. I'd never heard of that concept before. Well, again, I think I brought this up in the last episode, right? When adversity hits, one of two things happens. You either rise to the occasion or you're dwarfed by the event. Right. One of the two. So there it is. So here's another I'll end the podcast on this one. So you didn't come into the world not trusting. What happened is an event caused trauma. And now you're, 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 you're lost, right? So like that's basically what's happened. So you didn't come into the world not trusting. An event happened that, created, that was usually traumatic. And then that is now basically dictating the story and, and where you're going. So you can choose to let something affect you so negatively that it impacts your life and you still hold on to it. Or you can use it as a motivator to come back stronger. And I think, um, yeah, post-traumatic growth, it's a skill that can be developed and you can raise your resilient quotient by doing it. So you can become much more resilient once you realize that you have that within you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's incredible. And I got to tell you the benefits that that gave me going through that, when I look back on it, I have gratitude towards that rock bottom. I feel grateful for the people that had spited me during that period of time. I feel grateful and I look at that adversity as one of the best things that ever happened to me. And he talked about that at the event. He's like, there's people that have post-traumatic growth look at those things and they see it as a defining moment. Mm-hmm. While I was at the event, there was a girl that went up on stage. She, she grew up in, in, uh, in Iran, okay? And when she was nine years old, she wanted to help her father who worked day and night, single father. She wanted to help her father make more money because he was working so much. So she went undercover as a boy and worked at a um, auto body shop, right? Not an auto body shop, sorry, a, as a mechanic. Mm-hmm. She was really smart. She went and worked as a mechanic undercover as a boy. The business owner a year later discovered that she was a boy. She was 10 years old. And in this part of the world, this particular place where she grew up, it was very conservative. Like you couldn't do that. They caught the owner called the police. She got put in jail for a year at 10 years old. Okay. Away from your family, scared, alone in a jail. She saw three people get executed in jail at 10 years old. Okay. I've gone through nothing like this in life. This is insane. Okay. After that, she got out of jail. She was on suicide watch for a year. So they had her in a hospital locked up for a year. She is, she escaped the country after that year. She escaped the country and fled to Turkey. She spent seven years of hell living in Turkey. She managed to scrape enough money to move to the United States, um, her and her husband. She built an incredible business, two businesses now, two seven-figure businesses, and completely transformed her future in her life. This woman has been through more trauma in her life than most than 10 people's lifetimes. And she stood on a stage and told a story about her. And she said, here's the thing. You don't have to live in the past, you, you know, these things happen to me, but I choose not to let them stop me from having the life that I want. I've found happiness. I have a family. I have these businesses because I made a choice. What's your choice, guys? Are you going to get trauma from, from the things that have happened to you and, and be a victim and let that hold you back? Because you can't change it. It happened. But how you deal going forward can dictate and change the outcome of your life. And that's what I'm hoping that you guys get from these couple podcast episodes is I want you guys to have some food for thought. Just when you think you've had it bad, I promise you there's somebody that's had it way worse, way worse. 
where you're at right now doesn't have to define where you're going. You get the final word today, Joel. Final word. I love your drawing of an acorn. It looks like an upside down, like, you know, the ghosts in Pac-Man? Yeah. It looks like an upside down ghost in Pac-Man. No, I, I think it's, um, what, what I keep coming back to is, is, is have a mantra. And I think that over the last two podcasts, you've given probably about 12, 13, 15 mantras that in real estate, in life, anybody can adopt and you can, you can tailor make that and live those values. So, you know, again, in the words of Joe Langdon, smart isn't what you know, smart is what you do. And my call to action would be write one of these down. You don't need to write all of them down. Write one down that has been the most impactful to you. And I'll even put it out there. I'll challenge you. Reach out to us. Walk us through it. Help us believe what you believe to be true in these words. Mm. Just pick one. Just one. For those listening, make a decision right now. Right now, decide what you want your future to look like. Mm -hmm. What's that thing that you've been putting off? Do it now. Make the decision. Let's go. Right now. Right now. Right now. Let's go. Let's go.